1: AJ, have you ever heard this song before? I have. You remember the 2019 uh, St. Louis Blues, Stanley Cup run? I do, but this was this their, their song. song? It oh, was their goal right. song. And that was like that's a big right. thing across the nation. I do remember that now. As a matter of fact, I believe that's the reason this song started playing on the show is because when Mason Voth was on the show, you know, he's a hockey guy, mm-hmm. and noticed that this was their song. And it's not the first time I've heard it because of – the blues. This is Laura Brannigan and she yep. had a couple of big hits. Yep.
2: Why are you familiar with Laura Brannigan? Barely. Not so much. I mean, I've heard the song, but if you're asking me if I could tell you any of her other songs or where she's from or anything like that, I'd, I'd fail.
1: She has another song called Self-Control. Okay. I think you would recognize that one. I'm not going to start singing it. <laughs> then we owe people money. Welcome back to uh, Wildcat Insider. It's our number two. Mitch Fortner. Wyatt Thompson, A.J. Shaw, 537-1350, the number. We'll get to a Houston preview coming up this hour, along with uh, what to expect in the Big 12 this weekend. Cats and Cougs from Houston. First meeting ever, by the way. Um, We'll be kicking off at 11 a.m., I'm sure, a few minutes after 11 a.m. ESPN 2 is where you can watch it. uh, But I highly suggest if you're uh, at the game, bring a radio. If you're watching at home, mute the TV, listen to Wyatt, Stan and Matt. Uh, right here on Cayman with PowerCade Game Day, by the way. 7 a.m. We're going to wake up early for your pregame coverage. Uh, For some breakfast football, a week from Saturday, the Cats back on the road at Texas. That has been placed on a six-day selection, so we will not know kickoff time, and we'll be televised until a week from today.
2: Uh, Actually, it may be. Or maybe Sunday. Yeah, it will be Sunday at the latest. I'm sorry, I got my days mixed up. Yeah, yeah, but there's – A slim chance that we could find out Saturday night, depending on how some some, or most of Saturday plays out. But generally speaking, it's Sunday on the six-day window.
1: So, uh, interesting nugget here from K-State. So, I'd mentioned before, but I didn't do this kind of research. This is great research. So, K-State right now is in the middle of playing uh, five straight opponents that are all from Texas. We have not seen a streak like that since 1907. Consecutive... Uh, opponents from the same state 1907 is the last time that had happened when it had been 5 in a row 116 years ago the opponents were KU Ottawa Washburn just says Wichita and then KSTC Emporia Kansas State Teachers College of Emporia good for you yeah i had no idea yeah <laughs> I'm glad you knew. Is that still a school that's around? It's Emporia State.
2: Oh, okay. So yeah. just okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it is what it is. It, long time ago. Would you say 19 what 1907? Wow, that's uh, that's been a few moons back. But yeah, this is a little bit unprecedented uh, from the standpoint of you have K State doing that. You have Oklahoma State hardly playing any of the Texas schools and and I think they're playing all the newbies, aren't they? I mean they I guess they were the the crash test dummy for the new ones. Yeah. Well <laughs> if that's the right way to say it. And we men- we mentioned this last week. Houston coming to Manhattan is the first time they're leaving Texas this year. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it it's a little bit different, but we'll we'll talk about Houston in a little bit here, I know, but um they really fought Saturday. Um and, and they're they're pretty solid offensive football team and Dana Holgerson, of course, has been here before, so he certainly will have them schooled on how hard it is here, how loud it is here, how hard K-State plays here. Uh, It'd be interesting to see how they respond. Um, all right, before we continue on with the Cats, I want to get actually to some Big Twelve basketball
1: news because this breaking news just came out. Um, it was before the top of the hour, maybe around four forty-five. This has to do with the West Virginia Mountaineers. This is this is kind of a uh, this is some hurtful news uh, for for West Virginia and what they are hoping to be, you know, kind of a with what they brought in with the transfer portal. What could have been a big year, maybe kind of a dark horse type of year for West Virginia, but they got some bad news today. Transfer guard Raquan Battle, his waiver was denied. He's a transfer from Montana State. K State played him in the first round of the NCAA tournament. His waiver has been denied, so he will have to sit out this season. So they're missing a guy that averaged about 18 points a game last year. He's
2: not going to play this year. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah. He was a very fine player and would have really been, I think, quite an asset to the Mountaineers. That's a big blow for Josh Eilert in that program. Uh, Certainly they'll move on and, and be okay, I suppose, but that is a tough one. I think what I would add is is that I think you're going to see this kind of moving forward. The NCAA, um, right or wrong, depending on how you you know evaluate this, they they're trying to kind of mash down on the two and multiple transfer guys. Um, just and unfortunately for Raekwon, this is affecting him today.
1: Yeah, the, the big reason why he was denied, I guess. Is okay. So he had already transferred prior. After two years at Washington, he went to Montana State. Then looking to transfer again. The the issue is he did not graduate. Right. He did not graduate from Montana State, so he doesn't have a four year degree yet, as far as I understand. And so because of that, um, they're saying okay, you can't. You're not transferring as a grad transfer. So you're going to have to sit out a year because you've already transferred once. So he already used up his. Um. You know, free transfer, let's put it that way, without having to sit out a year. So, uh, yeah, rough news today for West Virginia. That, and they lost last week in Oklahoma State. So they're looking for uh, certainly a bounce back week. All right, back to the Cats. What a win for K State on Saturday. 41 to three. Just, I mean, took TCU, Sonny Dykes, uh, Kendall Bryles, let's bring up that guy, um, to the woodshed. Uh, absolutely defensively k-state holds them to 300 yards that's 188 yards below their season average uh they only gave up three points they averaged 33 points a game and by the way the offense it was all about running the football four guys for k-state ran it so well including the dual quarterbacks splitting the series uh will howard and and of course Avery Johnson and Avery with his athleticism has really moved K-State into the next phase and that's where we expected them. After the uh, disappointing loss to Oklahoma State, the Cats have now won two and uh, I I guess the big news as you look forward here is now you got to look at the Big 12 standings. Now you feel like K-State is firmly back into a position where they can maybe make a run and maybe work their way into the Big 12 championship game. And I've said before, and I don't want to look too far ahead. You know, I, I get caught up in that, and who doesn't, right? When you're, when you're on a winning streak, you're tied for second in the Big 12, you're thinking, all right, we're in a good spot now. Keep winning. Cats should maybe get to Arlington. Should point out that K-State does not control their own destiny. Oklahoma State is right now in their way of that because they're also 3-1, and, and they beat K-State on a Friday night. But – You feel like K-State should win out at home. The Texas game now more interesting because Quinn Ewers will most likely be out. So I I just wanted to point out that K-State is in a four-way tie right now for second place in the Big 12. Maybe if you're K-State, you turn off this segment because you don't want to listen to the outside noise. (laughs) But I just want to point out that maybe next time we don't, you know, think of this coaching staff and after a loss – Think of where the current group of guys are right now and count them out. Because I think they're a little too counted out after that loss to Oklahoma State, not playing Avery Johnson, and now look what has happened. Things have turned around.
2: Well, you've got Texas, K-State, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State, all three and one. And then KU is one of four teams that are two and two. And and maybe the best team, as it turns out, of of that grouping, would you you say that may be true? Mm Mm-hmm. So you kind of start to look at, I think what you'd have to say is, okay, let's, let's look at Texas first. How many games will Quinn Ewers miss? Will they stay with Malik Murphy, their current number two? Will they slide Arch Manning in there? And here's what they have left. K-State at home, at TCU, at Iowa State, Texas Tech at home. So make of that what you will. I don't know that a lot of people would look at Iowa State and say that they're really in the mix. Would you say they are or they aren't? I,
1: d- I have to look at the rest of their schedule.
2: Well, here it is. Um, okay. They have Kansas at home. I- I'm sorry. Let me back up. They they are at Baylor, then Kansas at home, at BYU, Texas at home, and at K-State. That's a pretty no, hard road. I. Right. Iowa State
1: will not be contenders okay. so in a couple of weeks. That leaves, that leaves Oklahoma three. State.
2: Okay, Oklahoma State has Cincinnati at home. You think They'll probably win. they're going to win that. I saw Oklahoma State as an eight-point favorite. I think they yeah. win by more than eight. And, and here's the one that kind of catches your eye, because normally Bedlam's late, late, late. Not now. They play no, November 4th. They have Oklahoma at home. Then they go to UCF and to Houston back-to-back and BYU at home. If you think there's a chance they can beat Oklahoma, then you may think that they have a real chance here. I think that's how you have to look at that. Well, I feel like just K-State offensively
1: is, and there's no doubt about this, they're playing with new life. Like, they have been re-energized. Will Howard played, I thought, great on Saturday. And Avery Johnson has been a huge spark. No and how that's opened up the offense of now you got now multiple guys. I mean, the quarterback run game is back. And, you know, with, with Will Howard just playing the game himself, no Avery Johnson, and by the way, also being banged up, you know, it, it took the quarterback run game really out of, the, out of the question. I shouldn't say out of the question. I mean, he had that long run against Oklahoma State, but maybe it just wasn't as respected. Like, they were able to focus on the running backs and maybe more on the wide receivers. But now Avery's just tearing it up in the run game. And by the way, the last couple of games for Treshawn Ward have been really big. He has been a stud the last couple of games. And then DJ Giddens was back this week. He was back and better. And you had four guys just cruising down the field at all threats. And by the way, the passing game, nice to see Jace Brown really show that he can go play as a true freshman.
2: Well, and he does stretch the field, which they need. Um, made a couple of really nice plays. Um, the throw that Avery made to him on the first catch down the near sideline, as we looked at it, was crazy good. I mean, on on both ends, but the throw was <laughs> spectacular. It, it's really interesting to to just look at the standings and how things have changed so much in a couple of weeks, like we said last hour about how much everyone was down with the loss in Stillwater and now what they're feeling. And, Complete 180. Oh, for sure. Thinking about... K-State today, and you mentioned those running quarterbacks, I think if you're looking for separation with Texas, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Kansas State, maybe that's it. Maybe. I do think K-State's in it, don't you? I think they've got every opportunity. But, But you can't necessarily look at it like that. I know the coaches and the players will try not to because... And, and, and It's not going to matter if you lose at home this weekend to Houston and mess it up.
1: Well, in put out a video of the you know when Casey wins, they always put out a video of Klyman talking to the team afterwards, and he said it was just focusing on us, focusing on the guys inside the program, and yep. you know not focusing on the outside noise. And I'm like, you know, sometimes I kind of take that, you know, you know whatever it is, that's great. You know, sometimes it's taking his coach talk, but you know, this day and age, it's hard to not focus on the outside noise and you know, maybe they did really focus on not look not listening to the outside noise, even good or bad, because it's been outside noise of good preseason, bad when they lost to Mizzou and Oklahoma State, and they just had to focus on themselves. But I that's one part of it, but I truly think Avery Johnson has been a big difference. I mean just him running the football and being that athletic threat has been the gigantic difference in the spark that the offense was needing. And then, by the way, we got to mention this as well. And we we talked about it a little bit off air. Now is the time to bring it up. The offensive line and their blocking, their timing, their execution, I think the last two games have been by far and away the most impressive they've looked all year. And one guy that certainly deserves a lot of praise right now, I think, is Carver Willis
2: at right tackle has improved so much this year. He has. I think all of the the information, the inside stuff that you would get from Pro Football Focus or some of those types of entities would would uh, tell you that he's improved a, a boatload since you know week 1. Um in addition to that, you get Duffy back so they can rotate a little bit there. You've got a guy like I mean, think about Taylor Portier and what he's, you know, he's basically missed two years and now we are seven games in. So you kind of feel like he's starting to get the feel back. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Cooper Beebe's awesome. He's an All-American. He can play anywhere. But if we're being honest, it's best for K-State if he's playing left guard. End of story. Right? Right. So, and then KT Leviston at left tackle's been pretty good. Hayden Gillum's solid enough. Um, I do think they're starting to maybe hit a little bit more of a stride than than certainly they did early. They, they, it's a lot different from you know the first couple of weeks.
1: And you and give me a thought here. I, you know, I was thinking about this the other night. And when you have two quarterbacks play in the same game, you worry about you know like pre snap penalties, timing. You know, going on one, going on two, being a little bit of a mix up with different cadence, maybe. I don't know. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me,
2: but I mean, those kind of things
1: were not an issue.
2: No, and I think some of that, honestly, Mitch, is the fact that both those guys get so many reps—not that you don't in other programs—but I mean, this has kind of been building for Avery to get some playing time. But he, I mean, he's been getting either two or one reps now for months. (laughs) Yeah, that that helps a lot, a lot. Well, we take our next break, and when we come back,
1: um, well, I'm sure after this Houston game, there'll be plenty of more time to think about the future and how bright it is all of a sudden for maybe a run for another conference championship. But right now, the Cats don't control their own destiny. Just keep winning. That's all you got to do. Just keep winning. Houston is the opponent coming into town Saturday for 11 a.m. kickoff. Wide and I will preview the Cougars when we come back on Wildcat Insider. Oh, I'm I'm blanking on the guy. Uh that sings this. Scott McKenzie. There you go. 1970. That's right. I mean, little, we're not going to a little to s- past your uh time frame, right? Well, I remember when I put this in the rotation, this was only played because uh the Royals were playing the Giants in the 2014 World Series. Whoa. okay. They did not win that World Series, unfortunately. Lost in seven. What's the uh, what's the Phillies' Diamondbacks score? 3-1 in the fourth. Okay. And Arizona leading. Yeah, Arizona yeah. leads. Phillies win it. They're uh, heading to the World Series, back-to-back World Series trips it would be for the uh, Phillies. But enough baseball. We're now talking K-State football as they host the Houston Cougars for the first time ever. Houston will be coming into town as a record of 3-4, and 1-3 in Big 12 play third straight game for the Cats against a team from the state of Texas and like we said earlier it's be the first time Houston leaves the state of Texas this season um, you know despite the record i guess where we start is the passing game they have a former red raider quarterback in in Donovan Smith and that's what they do best this year is throwing the football
2: he also though is a run threat and that makes them dangerous he's run the ball i believe off the top of my head like 73 times But uh, he really is a good, solid thrower, and they do have options. It's interesting, as you know, Dana Holgerson is their head coach. He's been there a bit now, but they have three different guys that are in the rotation offensively that were at one time at West Virginia. One of them is a running back in Tony Mathis. Another is Michael Laughlin, a tight end. And um, and then of course Samuel Brown, who went by Sam Brown when he was in Morgantown, he's their leading receiver in terms of number of catches with 41. But with Brown, Golden, and Manjack, that's a pretty quality top three receiving guys. Plus Soloflin, a tight end. Um, it's a decent team. There's no doubt they have a freshman running back, but two others with Mathis and. Stacy Sneed's a sophomore. They have another running back who hasn't played a ton yet, but he's a USC transfer. So you get the idea. Offensively, I think they're going to be um, a pretty solid unit. The question will be, what are they going to be on the defensive side? They competed against Texas, though. We'll, we'll see what happens on the road here.
1: Yeah, running the football, Houston hasn't been that good this year. They're, only averaging, they're, under, they're averaging under four yards
2: a carry. And um, just a hair over 100 yards a game.
1: Yeah, and, but their passing—I mean, if you just look at the whole sket, whole season, you know, they're they're averaging just about actually, I believe, over in Big Twelve play, they're over three hundred yards a game. Their passing attack needs to be taken very seriously. Remember, Donovan Smith played in Manhattan last year as a Texas Tech Red Raider, and he passed for three fifty-nine. Mm-hmm. That was a career high until Saturday. Until Saturday, exactly. Right. Yeah, he passed for over three seventy against Texas. So, you know, maybe this passing attack is hot right now. So. You know, K State, not just against Houston, but against Texas and against Baylor, uh, will be tested in the secondary. Yeah, so. for sure.
2: And and again, if you've been with us for some or part of the show, we've talked a little bit about you know how well K State did in so many areas on Saturday night. And I I continue to say, and I think this is so, they took a pretty big step forward in my mind defensively on Saturday night can they do it again against a team that is, is certainly more consistent and, in fairness, with a quarterback who has been here before, uh, who has more experience, and for the most part, probably more weapons. Yeah. You know, uh, this. I, I just think it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge. and And I don't know that a lot of us would have thought that, you know, a couple of weeks ago going into these two games.
1: But it's interesting. If you just look at the Big 12 conference game statistics – K-State right now is actually the top-scoring team uh, in the Big 12 at 36 points a game in conference play. Houston is second to last. They're giving up 39 points a game. Um, so, yeah, they, they've struggled definitely in Big 12 play. I mean, the only reason they won a game in the conference is because a couple of Thursdays ago against West Virginia, that hell Mary won them the game uh, after what we thought West Virginia should have beat their old coach in Dana Holgerson.
2: You know what? that game and the and the Baylor UCF game we're all going to be talking about that in December aren't we don't yeah, you think might be. i mean those are there've been a lot of crazy endings to games this year and that's well other than cincinnati yeah that's baylor's only win in yeah, the conference for sure so, I but about. i mean you think about colorado blowing a 29 point oh. halftime lead at home yeah. against stanford a couple of weeks ago or whatever but those two in the big 12 ooh crazy
1: uh you mentioned yeah the defense earlier um you know i mean, i don't know a ton about their defense and you you'd mention that you know their defense is a question but as i look through the numbers i mean it just doesn't look good for their defense their passing defense has been a little bit better i suppose but even with i mean sacks i think they do a decent job of getting to the quarterback but i don't know if this is going to be truly an issue and you know maybe i should respect them a little bit more but watching K-State's offensive line protect the quarterback against TCU and I thought maybe the Horn Frogs could get after our quarterbacks and get after the offensive line they they've been a pretty good job at doing a pretty good job of rushing the quarterback and getting some sacks. I mean, they're second right now in the Big 12 and 10 sacks in conference play. If they could handle
2: most of the pressure from TCU, they should take care of business against Houston. If you're talking about putting pressure on a quarterback, and you're looking at Houston's defense, probably start with defensive end Nelson Caesar because he's got eight tackles for loss and five-and-a-half sacks, 6'3", 250, uh, so, so good size and pretty athletic. A couple of guys in the middle that uh, have good size that that um, I, I think you have to at least be concerned with and get them blocked, Jamari Caldwell and the uh, Chidozi um who's a 295-pounder. But they've got a, you know, Jamal Morris is their Mike Linebacker a transfer from Oklahoma. And their free safety, A.J. Halsey, a transfer from New Mexico, has played pretty well. So they're not talent void. I just don't know if, you know, would, if, would you stack them up against, you know, some of the highest level defenses in the league? Maybe not. But, I again, be repetitive here, but I thought they really fought after being down early 21 nothing to Texas. They I mean, that game, seven minutes to go, was tied at 24.
1: I think this is a game that analytics will definitely come into play. K-State, sure. if it's you know fourth and manageable, even if it is in K-State territory, the Cats may be more likely to go for it. I'm just looking at more numbers here. Houston is the worst team in the Big 12 in stopping fourth-down conversions. They are allowing teams to convert 79% of fourth-down conversions. That's pretty bad. Um, and they've allowed 11 this year, 11 of 14. Yeah, That's, that's pretty great. rough.
2: Yeah, that is rough. Um, and again, there's no question that they're better offensively than probably defensively. But that's that's who Dana is, right? Again, I'll I'll say this though: the fact that he's been here, the fact that Donovan Smith has played here, and Tony Mathis has played here, and Michael Laughlin has played here, at, at some level has to help them a little bit. I, I, some of their some of the other guys, maybe a little more <laughs> distracted or intimidated or whatever you want to say. But those guys, I think they know what to expect. I just don't want this to
1: be a looking ahead to the next opponent type of game. And I feel like they got their minds right after the Oklahoma State game at Texas Tech, not, you know, taking everybody seriously, trying to stop listening to the outside. I mean, we're talking a lot about how K-State can, you know, they've scored 40 points in each home game. I don't see this being any different. But this is also a Houston team, you know, if you're just going off of what have you done for me lately – they nearly upset a top-10 Texas team at home.
2: Well, you said a lot there, but I think that can be true for both because let's be honest, if you look at it from the Houston perspective, how much do you think they were excited to, to, play, Houston, to play Texas at home? Even if Motiv- the, yeah. They would have been motivated for that, right? I mean, they're only three hours apart, basically, and Texas is the big dog, and they were trying to make a statement, and they, they did compete with them. Will they have that same fight, that same edge out on the road and against a team like K State, who's pretty physical, pretty tough? Um, to me, that's that's interesting, and I'm like you. You know, I think that outside noise happens, good and bad, right? It wasn't so great, you know, with uh, OSU, but if you're not going to pay attention to it at that for that, I don't know that you want to take all the praise necessarily and. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think that's why Coach Kleiman's message is what it is. This is about us. Let's, 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 get, let's get in here and get ready to go again.
1: What's the first play of the game?
2: Line, line up Avery, not as a slot,
1: as the wideout. Just let him run a go. See if they can hit the home run ball with <laughs> Will to Avery.
2: He's got the speed, right? Sure he does, yeah. And, I, you know, who knows what they'll do. I don't know that anybody saw that coming, like from the other night, um, we all wondered who would be the first guy out there. Well, the first guy I saw was Will, uh, but but then not that far behind him was Avery lining up wide left. So who knows what will happen this week. Yeah, it was interesting because I was thinking about that as like, you know,
1: Will comes out there. What kind of reception does he get? Like, I had multiple guests on last week, and it got brought up. Like, Does Will get a favorable reception? Is it like, where is Avery? Why isn't Avery out there? It, it, it was a little bit weird, and I'm glad I didn't announce anything because – um, you know, both guys played so well, and I didn't want to hear anything negative about Will just because Avery was so great. I, I, I expected this out of Will like, okay, it's kind of a wake up call. This guy's who's a true freshman, maybe start taking some of my time. And now he comes out and has a three touchdown passing game, and he, he runs I don't have the numbers in front of me, but has a really good game. He ran the ball four times and he tore it up each play. I mean, everything was clicking just about four you know, when Will Howard was in the game, he, he Will played— Will rushed
2: for 62 yards in those four
0: and carries. he nearly lights yeah. out, yeah. yeah. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at BankofAmerica.com slash us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Pretty good. All right, we take our next break. When we come back, what to expect in week nine of the Big 12. That's coming up. All right, we're back on Wildcat Insider. We look at week nine in the Big 12. Uh, the buys this week are TCU and Texas Tech. Other than that, everybody is in action. Well, according to... Uh, According to Fox, the big game of the weekend is number 6 Oklahoma at Kansas. That's big noon kickoff at 11 a.m. from David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium. Oklahoma listed as a a nine-and-a-half point favorite. The thing is, Leipold had a press conference earlier today, and he's like, well, Jalen Daniels is still giving me the old, my back coach, my back, Um, doubtful to questionable, according to Leipold. So who knows about Jalen Daniels right now? It's Jason Bean's team, for as far as I'm concerned. So, and Jason Bean, I, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Matter of fact, I might even give Jason Bean more of an edge against Jalen Daniels when it comes to playing against Big Twelve teams. The thing is, Oklahoma was that a wake up call for them? Do they go into Lawrence and prove to be the much better team, or do they let KU hang around with playing above average defense because KU and Big Twelve play? has been, I believe, the worst scoring defense.
2: Well, I think you could look at this game in a lot of different angles, but for me, I'm with you. I don't know how cut in Oklahoma was necessarily last week uh, against UCF. I think Kansas will have their full attention, though, uh, just because of what KU is offensively. You you better be ready to rock. Uh, You better be (laughs) uh, ready to, to, to be at a fist fight, so to speak. Uh, should be a very entertaining game. I think there are a lot of people that feel like KU can really give them a run for their money. Um, I Would it shock me if KU won the game? No. Surprised? Yeah. Shocked? Probably not. If Oklahoma is at their optimum level, certainly, I think, though, even on the road, you have to favor them. Yeah. Fair, fair enough.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and KU's coming off a bye, but, I mean, this, you know, KU's – I mentioned defense. It's not scoring defense. They're worst, and they're actually in total defense. They're the worst team in the Big 12 right now. In Big 12 play, they're giving up 488 yards per game. Oklahoma is averaging 469 a game. So it just depends on, you know, can KU get a stop or two, really? I, you know, I, I don't doubt their offense to go out there and score some points, and even though how good Oklahoma's defense has been – I don't know if they've been as solid in Big 12 play when they were in the, in the, in the non-con, but at the, you know, it's still, you know, I, going based off particular numbers, I believe Oklahoma will go and win by a couple of scores. Well,
2: quarterback play is big in this one. Regardless of, you know, what KU gets, probably is going to be being, I think he'll play well. I don't know if he will play well enough for Kansas to upset them. But my point is, is I think he'll do a good job. He's at home. He's comfortable there. He's a confident guy. He can throw the ball. But what about Dylan Gabriel? You know, if you look at his numbers, he's been really quite good. Um, and a lot better this year minimizing mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's what he'll have to do Saturday. His downfield accuracy is better. Much better. Yeah. And, and again, they're better around him, which helps. Right. And then defensively, too, helps because, you know, Oklahoma, they're averaging 35, 36 points a game. So they've been pretty, pretty legit. Uh, let's see who else we got here
1: on the old docket. Um, how about BYU at Texas? You know, that gets interesting because when Ewers is out. Mm-hmm. BYU is just, you know, maybe they're good at home, but I don't think they're you know too great on the road. They're not good. I don't think they've, well, they're, I mean, they're five and two. That's the thing. It's like they're just kind of a weird team to figure out. The only thing I know about them is they can't run the football. That's about well, it.
2: Well, and and it is a little bit shocking when you because they're 2 and 2 in the league and you know they got clubbed at TCU, you know, certainly we may look at them a little bit and say, "What?" But it is hard to get around that they're still 5 and 2, right? Can they indeed go on the road and and make this this happen Be, because you would think that they couldn't just based on I mean, let's be honest. They got, they were never a part of the game at TCU two weeks ago. Not even close. I mean, it was twenty-four nothing. Like, boom. Mm-hmm. I think they'll compete better. I don't know that. I'd say their chances of of playing really, really a tight game or the upset possibility are pretty slim.
1: Uh, we got as well this will be interesting as well, this is an 11 a.m. kick on FS1. West Virginia at UCF. You know, after watching John Rice plumbly play his best game without running the football, uh, he, he's a great runner, and he did not have to run it to make it a game at Oklahoma. True. You know, I think this is an upset bit. As a matter of fact, UCF I, I'm just seeing this now. I didn't even notice this. They're favored by a touchdown against West Virginia. I find that to be very interesting. So Vegas also thinks that UCF
2: will get their first win in Big 12 play. I think the matchup with West Virginia's defense and UCF's offense is pretty entertaining. But I think the game will be decided from the other perspective, don't you? I mean, West Virginia has to go in there and score some points probably to to win the game. And that's really been the thing for them. At home, away from the Oklahoma State game this past weekend – They'd pretty much done that. But, again, let's remind everybody, Oklahoma State scored 28 points there last Saturday. Mm-hmm. Can West Virginia – and West Virginia won at TCU. I know that doesn't sound like as big a deal then, but but still they did it. This is one of the more intriguing games from my perspective this week. Uh,
1: Cincinnati is at Oklahoma State, Feel like. Bearcats can go get an upset, or are you thinking all pokes? I'm thinking all pokes.
2: Well, yeah, and in part for two reasons. And this we've said this every week about Cincinnati. I think they really fight you. They run the ball decently well, and they play hard. But the fact is they can't throw the ball, and they're awful in the red zone offensively. It's not a formula for winning on the road in the Big 12. <laughs> I want to do a- –
1: Kind of double check something here because I remember, yeah, Cincinnati in Big 12 play has been actually the best rush defense yeah. uh, in the Big 12. Yeah. 90, 90, they only give up 94 yards a game on the ground and they're only giving up 2.9 yards per
2: carry. And, let's and they just played look against Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, they played Oklahoma at home within 20 to 6, lost at BYU by 8, open date, lost to Iowa State, didn't play great there, 30 to 10. Mm hmm. And then lost at home to Baylor 32-29 in a pretty good game. Yeah, they, they were better last week.
1: Uh, and then finally, the last game, speaking of the old Bears and Cyclones, they meet up once again for a real barn burner. <laughs> Iowa State to Baylor, clones 4-3, and three, Baylor 3-4. Three and four. I couldn't be less interested, I think, honestly, in this game um, because I think Iowa State will win. Baylor might be a surprise. It's expected to be
2: close, let's just put it that way. I think it'll be really close. To me, what will Blake Shapin give Baylor? Because I think they have a very unique team. Shapin's a good player. They've got some pretty quality players around him in the skill positions. But are they good enough to score against that defense consistently enough? I think Iowa State's offense could hang around if they're not asked to score 35 or 40 points. Mm-hmm. If they're asked to score... 21, 24, somewhere along in there. Maybe they have a pretty good shot with an upset win on the road.
1: All right, that's the wrap-up of the Big 12 in Week 9. We'll take a quick break. We'll wrap up Wildcat Insider next. Up next, Wildcat Insider. All right, we're only on for about another minute, but I uh, just want to remind everybody, K-State and Houston kick off at 11 a.m. this Saturday with Powercat Game Day at 7 a.m. K-State men's hoops right around the corner. We're nine days away from exhibition play against Emporia State, 7 o'clock on November 1st. The K-State women open up with an exhibition a week from Friday against Pittsburgh State which is a 6.30 tip-off. I also want to squeeze in one more thing. Happy birthday to volleyball head coach Jason Mansfield, who split against his brother...
2: Uh, at Oklahoma yes. over the weekend, but uh, happy birthday Coach Mansfield. He's done a nice job and and I'm with you. Happy birthday, buddy. Great to have you at Kansas State.
1: I didn't see it, but apparently kind of screwed over on a call in that first game. That was <laughs> finished three sets to two. I have to go back and watch it to t- see what everybody was talking about, but apparently Life on the road, brother. Yeah, Life on the road. I guess so. Alright, that's going to wrap up the show. Wyatt, thanks again for stopping Enjoy by. Enjoyed it, man. Thanks so much. And we'll do it again next week with Wildcat Insider. We're back for a full two hours tomorrow for the game. For AJ, the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson, I'm Mitch Fortner. Go Cats!